Do not be anxious for anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. Lord, in this silence, meet us and take the concerns that we have, the fears that we have, the worries that we have, the pressures that we have, and Holy Spirit, form those into petitions, intercessions, and prayers to a God who loves us and who longs to care for us, that we would not be anxious that there'd be peace. Amen. So let me interrupt that piece with the title to what I'd like to share with you today. Liars, lunatics, and wannabe lords. There's probably not, a, you know, it probably doesn't surprise you that that would kind of come out of our weeks together in life. But it's really rooted in something that C.S. Lewis is known for, probably the most famous apologetic that C.S. Lewis provided. C.S. Lewis was an Oxford scholar and teacher. He was a professor of English literature. Uh, he came to faith out of agnosticism. And they became, in the 50s, became a very, very, very powerful voice uh, for presenting Jesus to our world, he wrote a book called Mere Christianity. And this quote comes from that. I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about Jesus. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept the claim that he's God. That's the one thing, C.S. Lewis says, that's the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he's a poached egg. You can laugh there. (laughs) A little British humor. When was the last time he had a poached egg? It's been a while. Or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man, Jesus, was and is the Son of God, or else he's a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him. You can kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But not let us come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not let that open to us. He did not intend to. We all must decide, is Jesus a liar? Is he a lunatic or is he the Lord? Well, all of that is found in the passage that we begin to look at last week. Mark 3, 19 to 30. When Jesus went home, his home was Nazareth. He'd been on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee as he collected his 12 apostles and other followers, been hanging out on the Mount of Beatitudes, Capernaum. But now he goes home up through the valleys, up to Nazareth. 
And the crowd came together as they normally did. Wherever Jesus went, a crowd gathered so that he could not even eat. When his family heard it, they went out to restrain him for people were saying, his people, his family was saying, he's gone out of his mind. He is a lunatic. He's Looney Tunes. And then some scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, he has Beelzebub. And by the ruler of the demons, he casts out demons, making Jesus not a lunatic, but the devil makes him, he's, he's claiming to be God, but they're saying is the devil, so that would make Jesus a liar. Lunatic liar. So Jesus called those religious leaders to him. He spoke to them in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. If Satan is risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand His end has come. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up the strong man. Then indeed the house can be plundered. Truly, I tell you, people will be forgiven for their sins and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit can never be forgiven. They're guilty of an eternal sin. It's because those religious leaders said, Jesus has an unclean spirit. Jesus, lunatic. Can you imagine? That's his whole, that's his, that's his own family in his own hometown coming to take him home. Because they considered him unstable, mentally and spiritually imbalanced. And I'm really curious, what what is happening in Jesus' life that his family would conclude that he was nuts, that he was crazy, that he was a looney tune, that he's a lunatic? I mean, if you back up in the story, I mean, it's really simple. I mean, what's Jesus doing? He's announcing the arrival of the kingdom of God. He's actually demonstrating the arrival of the kingdom of God by healing the sick and by expelling demons from broken people. And then he's recruiting others to join him. Why does that seem so crazy? And then the teachers of the religious law come along and say, well, Jesus, he's a liar. He's possessed by Satan, the prince of demons. That's where he gets the power to cast out demons. So these religious leaders who have the weight of the Torah behind them accuse Jesus, condemn Jesus. They claim he's possessed. He's not just possessed by a demon. He is possessed by the prince of the demons, by Satan himself. 
And they accused Jesus of casting out demons, expelling demons from broken people by Satan's power, not God's power. Jesus, lunatic, liar. Those religious leaders really stepped across a very, very important line. (laughs) They made a serious mistake. I tell you the truth, Jesus says. All sin and blasphemy can be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemes the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. This is a sin with eternal consequences. And, and Jesus told them that they, they, they blasphemed the Holy Spirit because they said he's possessed by an evil spirit, by an unclean spirit. So the one sin that those religious leaders, that those members of Jesus' family, that you and me, the, the sin we want to avoid is attributing the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to possession by Satan or one of the demons. I think we probably could summarize that particular sin from the words of Isaiah. Oh, you who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Oh, religious leaders... You're not discerning that the Spirit of God is doing this work and you're giving credit to Satan doing that. That's not good. If you cannot discern the difference between good and evil, you can't discern the difference between darkness and light. You can't discern the difference between bitter and sweet. You're in a really bad place. Because if you can't discern that, then you can't come to know me. On our dishwasher, we have a little sign. Clean, dirty. We need help. One, Susan's not in the room, so I can tell you. Susan does not like emptying the dishwasher. Now, Amber, am I, am I, am I telling a fib? Amber's been living with us for a couple of years. So we got this little sign. To help me (laughs) discern when the dishes were in the dishwasher were clean. The meaning is there could be another. So Scott put the dishes up. Or dirty Scott put the dishes in the dishwasher. (laughs) In the day that we're living in, we, we need little signs. What is clean and what is dirty? What is good? What is bad? What is light? What is darkness? I, I don't, I, again, I'm just, I get confused about a dishwasher. So you start broadening out from a dishwasher, I get really lost. But I would hope that every one of us, regardless of how much you're keeping up with current events, if you're just reading headlines, you're just talking with other people, would recognize that we live in a time that it's incredibly difficult to sort out what is clean and what is dirty. 
am I, am I, am I, I mean, am I lost here? Or would you agree? See, I think we still need help. See, why just broadening out, we, we need to be able to discern. Who are the lunatics? Because they're still around. Who are the liars? Who are the wannabe lords? I mean, we got to be able to sort that out. I mean, am I, am I just blowing smoke? Because I know that Jesus is our king, and I know that his kingdom is coming. But as that kingdom comes, it just seems to stir up lunatics and liars and wannabe lords. I mean, I mean, again, that, that seems to be happening in our lives. And we need some sort of mechanism that says, lunatic, <laughs> liar, <laughs> wannabe lord, Jesus, kingdom coming, yes. We need help. Sorting that out. Now, to make it even a little bit more personal, I wonder sometimes if we're lunatics. You see, you know, we're, we're people who've bought into the message of Jesus that God said, enough. The rebellion is over. Humanity is not going to stop the rebellion themselves. So I'm going to step into human history. I'm going to end the rebellion. And in ending that rebellion, I'm going to start setting things right on the earth. I'm going to start a process. I'm going to invite people to come along with me. And in the end, I'm going to return and I'm going to make it perfect. Even better than it ever was. So do you ever wonder? I mean, I'll just use the millennial voices for peace. Sometimes I'll tell people, well, you know, we, we've chosen to be reconcilers in the Middle East. We're not picking sides. And they'll look at me and say, you're crazy. You're a lunatic. Talk about Iran. The church growing faster there than any other nation. The second is Afghanistan. People look at me and say, you're nuts. You see, (laughs) there is a possibility that we might be those loonies on this planet. And then what goes along with that is we're authorized to heal the sick today. So whenever we pray for the sick, believing that the kingdom is come and coming... And the sick are not always healed instantly. There's always the presence and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. We might seem a little bit loony. And then also, I mean, we're still, there's still demons around. I mean, there's still evil around. There's still people's lives that are broken. And this, this adversary of God takes advantage of those people. Out of the Oxford Biblical Studies... The argument is couched that Jesus, the argument that Jesus presents to the religious leaders, is couched in the thought forms of the first century and was doubtless persuasive in the first century. For modern people who attribute blindness and dumbness to an explainable physical defect and who do not recognize the God of Ekron or Zeus or any other prince of demons, the discussion has... No basis in reality. 
So I've just been told that I'm loony. Because the worldview that I have goes back to the first century. Blindness and dumbness is not always explained by something physical. So we need a mechanism. When are we loony? When are we not? When are we lunatics? When are we not? What about liars? I mean, do you ever feel, I mean, do you feel caught? I mean, are we calling evil good and good evil? Do you ever think about that? Do you ever wonder if we're confusing light with darkness and darkness with light? Do you ever wonder if we're tasting bitter when it ought to be sweet and sweet when it's bitter? I mean, are we positive that we're attributing the work of the Holy Spirit to the Holy Spirit and not the work of the adversary as if it were the work of the Holy Spirit? I mean, are we sure? Are we sure? I think it's difficult. Because there's so many competing voices speaking into our lives that we're not sure all the time. And I said, you know, there's wannabe lords, but at the same time that there's wannabe lords, actually, have you ever come across these words? Paul writing to Timothy, the saying is sure, if we have died with Jesus, we will also live with Jesus. If we endure... We will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. God, Paul to the Ephesians, who is rich in mercy and out of great love, which which he loved us even when we were dead through our trespasses, when we were rebels. He made us alive together with Jesus Christ by grace. He has saved us. He's raised us up with Jesus and seated us with him. What is Jesus sitting upon now? A throne. In the heavenly places. So that in the ages to come, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us. In Christ Jesus. He's elevated us. To be co-regents with him. You have to be careful with that. But that nuance is there. So as I think about my dishwasher. And how I need help with dirty and clean. And I begin to broaden out with this crazy world that we're living in right now. And there's lunatics, there's liars, there's wannabe lords. And there's Jesus, our king, his kingdom coming. I I need help. We need help. We need to be a community that's helping one another. So we have to have conversation. And sometimes that, that conversation is difficult. Because there's some really important things that are happening in our world around us. We can't just avoid them. We just can't put our heads in the sand and just, they're going to go away. It's not going to go away. God wants us engaged. Remember, he's at work in our world. He's trying to turn things toward the better, toward the best. He's wanting us to join him. So I'm left with two things. One, the only source of truth that you and I have in our lives 
is the Holy Spirit. He is the Spirit of truth. He is the one that we need to go to when we are stirred up and we're wondering about what is good, what is evil, what is light, what is darkness, what is bitter, what is sweet. We need to go and we need to sit with him and say, Holy Spirit, I need help discerning this situation. And we need to learn to listen. There are all kinds of people trying to recruit us to an agenda that may not be God's. We need to back off. Holy Spirit, where are you leading me? Are you in this? Help me understand this. Give me discernment. And then we as a community have got to share together. We, we think that the Holy Spirit's saying this. Best we know, the Holy Spirit is saying this. The Holy Spirit is the one that's the spirit of truth. So before we commit ourselves to any course of action, we need to ask him to give us clarity about what it is. I believe that the events that are happening in our nation right now, the events that are happening globally, I believe that we should be taking the headlines and going into the presence of the Holy Spirit and saying, Help me understand what's going on here. Because you understand it. You know what is evil and what is good. What is darkness, what is light. What is bitter and what is sweet. Finally, I think it brings me back to the prayer that I suggested that we pray on a daily basis or even a regular basis during 2017. So I'd like you to stand with me. And I'd like you to join me in praying this prayer. Also, Noel was so kind to print out copies of this prayer. So if, there's, if you need this, if you want a copy, I'm just going to leave it right here on the table. You may come collect that and keep it with you. And let's pray together. Father, we're asking you to fill us with the knowledge of what you want in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. This will mean that we'll be able to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord. And so give him real delight as we bear fruit in every good work and grow up in the knowledge of God. We pray that we'll be given all possible strength according to the power of his glory so that we'll have complete patience and become truly steadfast and joyful. Our Father, we ask that you would hear this cry and that week by week, day by day, as we pray this prayer, that you would indeed fill us with the ability to discern what you want in this crazy season that we're living in. Lord, we want to conduct ourselves. We want to live our lives in a way that's worthy of who you are and what you've done for us. And we want to bring you real delight. We want you to look look at us and say, well, there's my kids. I'm so pleased with them. Lord, we want to be fruitful. We want to be productive. 
We want to be helpful. We want to be part of what you're doing in our world, turning it from something gone wrong to something going right. And Lord, what you're asking us to be and to do is beyond our strength. So fill us with the strength of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, the evidence of your empowerment will be patience, (laughs) steadfastness. And in the midst of trying times, joy. Hear our cry, Lord. Answer this prayer. In the name of Jesus. Amen.